welcome to Leading Forward. I am Maureen Dingus, and today I'm here with Ed Kless with Sage. Excuse me, Sage. Um, Ed is a repeat guest, our one and only repeat guest, and uh, you were such a favorite that we had to bring you back. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. It's good to be back. I, uh, when I have folks on my podcast a second or third time, I call them recidivists. Oh, okay. So, I was know. thinking repeat <laughs> offender, but... <laughs> Same thing, same thing, yeah. Fancy word for the same thing. Yeah. So I'm glad to be back, Maureen. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so just to remind folks um, what you do at Sage, could you kind of run through, I remember last time you were like a consultant to the consultants, the, the meta consultant, I think you described Exactly, it very good, yeah. So, so the, the, that's the word I, I think I, I think I coined it, but maybe I stole it from somebody else, meta consultant, because I spend an awful lot of my, of my time working with people who oftentimes consult with other people. So whether it's a, an accounting firm or people in an accounting firm who are working with their customers, or even in for Sage, our mid-market products, people who are reselling and implementing our solutions in the mid-market, I spend my time working with them. So I'm a consultant to people who consult. So right. therefore, there's the, the meta <laughs> consultant concept. So our, our topic today is going to be innovation beyond technology. But before we jump into that, what you know, what's going on at Sage? Are there any exciting things that have happened in the past year that you, you'd like to update us on? Well, I think it, there's always things moving in a technology company. I think probably the, the, the biggest cool thing about us is we really shifted over to more of a subscription-based strategy inside our organization, as most software companies have. We also have brought to market an, our new uh, small business uh, accounting package for, for SBCA, Sage Small Business Accounting. Very excited about that full full launch coming up in in uh, in 2022. We're we're just about to end our, our fiscal year right now, so that's that's every everybody else but me is is concerned with that. <laughs> um, but uh, and then of course we continue to make strides with our, with our Sage Intact package, which is right. is the leading really uh, SaaS product in the in the mid market space. Right. So it's kind of interesting that I'm talking to a guy at a technology company that's going to talk about innovation beyond technology. So <laughs> yeah, and so there's a, a, a brief funny story that accompanies the, the, the origin of this. About five years ago or so, the one of the folks who is my colleagues here at Sage, her name was Jennifer Warwa. Those of you in the accounting profession probably remember her. She had a, a big following. She has since moved on to an, another organization not related to the, the space, but Jennifer was a very busy person. I I think she at one point logged over 200,000 miles flying around the world. Uh, this yes. is obviously pre-COVID. But I got a call from her what, at one point where she said, Hey, Ed, I can't be in New Jersey tomorrow um, or, or, or later this week. Would you do this session for me? It's called Innovation Beyond Technology. I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem, Jennifer. I, you know, and she said, don't worry. I have the slides all prepared for you. So all you need to do is just show up and deliver the presentation. I don't know, Maureen, if you ever tried to deliver somebody oh. else's slides, <laughs> it's, it's not happening, right? It's yeah. So I, I, I immediately said, thanks, Jennifer. Appreciate it. And I kept one of the slides and then crafted my own session around the concept innovation beyond technology and said, okay, um, you know, this is good. This is going to be mine now. Uh, so I appreciated her, her sending those, those over. But, um, you know, I, I, I came up with, I think, is some, some fun stories about organizations that have created some pretty neat innovations that are not technological, obviously. And the, the reason for that is I think we get, we think, or it, because technology has made so many strides in the last, let's call it decade or more, 
we automatically assume that innovation is technological in some way. Right. When we, we think we think innovation, we think Apple, we think new iPhone, we think Zoom, <laughs> you know, we, we think podcast, you know, there's is some some technological thing. But innovation doesn't have to be. I think we can innovate around things inside the business model as well. Um, and one of the things I like to, to try to do is to talk about, well, what, what exactly is innovation? Because there's a difference between innovation and invention. Invention to me is coming up with something completely new that hasn't been done before, whereas innovation is oftentimes putting together oftentimes disparate ideas and concepts to create something new out of that. And the the, the one example that I, 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 and this is the one slide that I kept from Jennifer, this is great, a photo of, of a, it's a stroller that has this little sidecar on it, like a little skateboard. And the, you know, the, you're pushing the stroller and there's the one kid in the stroller and then the one kid standing on the, on the skateboard thing, take, getting the ride next to the stroller. <laughs> And so, you know, the innovation here, of course, is is the, these two disparate ideas: is a stroller and a skateboard. You know, if a stroller a stroller and a skateboard fell in love and got married, <laughs> the offspring would look, look look like look like this this thing. And um, you know, I've got two kids that are four years apart, and I think, well, where was this thing when I needed this? This would have been great. I'd probably have a much better relationship with my older son. You know, how many times was he hanging on the back of a stroller going, exactly. "I'm like, stop, don't hang," right. you know. Um, so it solved a, a very real problem, and I got to thinking about that. How often do we do we bring these different ideas together from different places to create new stuff? And that's really what innovation is. And and what what are the some of the things that we can do inside our organizations that that facilitate that and allow for that to happen? Right. Um, the last thing I'll say here, just by way of introduction, is innovation always comes as a surprise. It can't. I do not believe that innovation can be planned. We we can, we can certainly facilitate it. We can give space for it. We can try to make sure that our firms are thinking about it and and brainstorming and having conversations about these things. But innovation, by definition, cannot be planned. Um, quite frankly, because if it could be, then socialism would work, because then you could just plan everything from the top down. <laughs> right. We just said, OK. And that's the one thing. Unfortunately, I think that socialism tends to leave out of the equation is the notion of innovation, is that things change. And that's the thing that's missing from it. So um, so can firms get better in innovation? Yes, by me, uh, by leaving space for it. But they can't plan it. They can't say we need to be innovative now. <laughs> it, won't, it, won't, it won't happen. Right. So um, anyway, that's just a, a caveat out there. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. One of the things that you, you touched on that um, I wanted to ask is, it, it, well, it sounded like there was a problem that needed to be solved. Is that is that where you're suggesting that, that folks start with, or is it even more uh, disparate items? Um, so how do you even start that focus? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly it's, it, it always is, is, is potentially a problem that needs to be solved. And how can how can we apply these things together? And a lot of a lot of times it's just some creative thinking about things. Um, let me let me give you an example that's not that that's not part of the, the, the this the, this conversation, but right. I but I think really um, is a, is a good idea uh, a, example of of this kind of outside the box thinking. There's a, there's a guy who I'll talk a little bit more about later. His name is Rory Sutherland. He was the 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 vice chair of Ogilvy and Mather in the UK. 
and he was asked one time to create a uh, uh, a campaign for this new uh, the, a new thing that they were doing to try to speed up the the train that was go that goes between London and Paris through the the channel. And they went to him and, and, and said, okay, this is what we need we need to do. We're spending, I don't know, eight billion pounds or something on um, improving the speed to take it down from three hours to, or three and a half hours to three hours. And his response was quite interesting at first. He said, well, I wish you had come to me sooner because I could have saved you a lot of money. I saved the taxpayers a lot of money. And they were like, well, what do you, what do you mean? He said, well, Instead of trying to speed the journey up, why don't we just put Wi-Fi on the trains? And or and then and then he made a joke and he said, "Well, let's take it one step further. Let's hire male and female supermodels to hand out free Chateau Petrus for the next ten years to all of the passengers. We'll save about seventy billion pounds, <laughs> and and people will be asking to have the train slowed down. Right, right, right." right? <laughs> So, because the 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 change the the change in a half hour uh, off of that journey is really not going to make that much of a difference to people. Right, right. What they really want is a more pleasant journey. And again, this was about ten years ago, and of course now we see you know Wi-Fi is ubiquitous in right. people. There's Wi-Fi in planes now and on trains and all all of these in, in in public places, and how important and and improvement that has made in our our lives. Right to to have access to that because you know on your commute you can work and do st get stuff done. Yeah, so um, no. maybe getting a little deeper into what the customer actually wants. <laughs> yes, Not just what yes, you think exactly. the customer wants. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the, and, and, and even though the customer might, might not even ask for that per se, right? If you ask, well, would you want the journey sped up? Well, yes, of course we want the right. journey sped up. They will tell you that, right? right? But if you're leading them in that, so but what are some of the other things that, that an organization can do to make it better? Right, right, right. So um, how do you even create an environment where people will start thinking like that, start being able to take those ideas um, be open to those concepts instead of being like, we need to be innovative. <laughs> Let's innovate. Yeah, we need to be innovative now. Uh, I, I think I think the, the the answer is 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 to get a, a group of different a, a diverse group of people together and have them them talk about the situations that they're occurring. And you know, I think the the, the uh, diversity and inclusion initiatives I think have been been good. But I, I think that they sometimes fall a little bit short because one one thing that I will always ask is, well, are do are we getting a diversity of thought? Right. Right. Is because it's not it's not. I mean, it's not that that diversity as conceived of now is is a, is necessarily a bad thing. But are we really getting people who think differently together, right. or or do we have a group of people who look different but all think the same way? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And what we want is to create spaces for that diversity of thought to come together and and have conversations. So uh, invite the, the people who are on the front line, invite people who are interacting with customers every day, invite people who are marketing, um, and who, who are talking to customers and get, get them all together in one space to create ideas around, hey, what can we do? And just brainstorm through these, create these brainstorming sessions to say, let, let, can we try something like this? And I, and I think that's really really one of the keys is to is to cr create those spaces. 
and places for it. Uh, have you seen, um, are there any recent examples of some innovation that you've seen in firms or in the accounting space that aren't technology related? Well, perhaps the most important one that's happened in the, probably the last 10 years is the, sh the shift from using shoe boxes to Ziploc bags to bring <laughs> the, your receipts. To, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's right. It's much more Although it's secure, actually right? kind of true, isn't it? I mean... <laughs> Is a, you know, the customers have innovated to us instead of shoeboxes. They bring their stuff in Ziploc bags now. <laughs> uh, well, and, and because, you know, one of the challenges, I think, for especially accounting firms, and I know that your audience is beyond that because you have a number, right. many of your members are in industry as well. But for accounting firms is, is that accounting is is. Is a, is a definition equation, right? It's it, it, it's not it's not a, there's really no such thing as accounting theory, although accountants like to talk about it because it's not a theory. It's an identity equation, right? Assets plus equity right. equal liability. I mean, it's it, it, I think this <laughs> that it's it's an identity equation. It is what it is. We make there's no we haven't there's no been been no invention of triple entry bookkeeping. Or like you know where we've we've we're now now there may be maybe that's something that the blockchain is going right, to help us yep. with and <laughs> I've actually heard quite literally people use that example uh, of yeah, triple I entry bookkeeping, <laughs> right? Uh, so so perhaps it's possible that, that that that's an innovation. But the the rest last really innovative thing that I think came out of of the the, the CPA profession related specifically to accounting was the the statement of changes in financial position, right? <laughs> right being replaced by the statement of cash flows. <laughs> <laughs> right and that, you know that yes that's an innovation is probably more helpful especially to finance people but it's not oh that's what an incredible innovation right right, right. so um I, I think we have to begin to think beyond that certainly the the use of the electronic spreadsheet was something that that that's what, what was was incredible but the, again that was that really really an innovation per se but but let me give you an example that I think is at least finance related. Right, right. That, okay, uh, and, and so this this is an example that comes that, that came out of Germany. There's a car company, I think it was Audi, um, that in northern Germany they they test marketed this a couple of years ago. I think this is six or seven years ago. They were it was the classic end of year time, end of year models, and they wanted to sell sell some more cars. So they're sitting around uh, this ideation session and, you know, the finance people show up with their spreadsheets and say, well, here's what we can do. We can we can take three thousand euro off the price of the car. And one guy who was on the marketing team said, well, can't we do any better than that? And, you know, the, the finance people looked at each other and says, well, four thousand euro would be better. But our spreadsheets don't work if it's four thousand euro. So we can't do that. He's like, no, 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 no. Instead of taking three thousand euros off the price of the car. How about we add three thousand euros on top of the trade-in value of the car that the, the the person is coming to us with? And the you know finance people are looking at each other. It's like, well, it's the same thing. <laughs> the guy the guy says, no, it's the same same thing. If you if you're a finance person, just not if you're a human being. Right. Right. He says, <laughs> and you know the 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 the, the, the concept is this is is that the three thousand euro off the price of say a thirty four thousand dollar car. Is less than 10%, but 3,000 euro on top of a trade in of say 7,000 euro is almost an additional 50% on top of that trade in. So they said, okay, well, let's test market this. And they test marketed this in two different cities in northern Germany, so, you know, fairly homogenous population. And when you know they sell, 
they, they sold one, one and a half times the number of cars were sold where they did get the 3,000 euro on top of the trade-in. Right. That's an incredible increase, right? right? So right. When, when you think about that. And so, so you begin to think about this, and you probably have seen more and more companies have moved toward this. If you bought, bought a car probably in the last three or four years, you've seen that, that, that your trade-in is usually added to rather than a, a price off the, off the sticker price because they found it was so much more successful. And, of course, that's one of the dangers with any of this stuff is that it can be copied, right? But, 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 but that's, that's okay. It's still a, a wonderful innovation. Um, and now, how can this apply? Uh, let, let's let's say let's say you're in a business that has uh, is doing replacing. Say whatever it is that your product does replaces an, a current product that your that your customers had. Well, the default value for most people is to offer discounts to off that off their price in order to get the customer to adopt their technology. Well, what if you were to say no? We're not going to give you a discount, but when you adopt our technology, when you go live on our system, when, when, when you put in place whatever it is that we have to offer, we will buy your old system from you for and put down a price. You know, three in the case, I'll just use the 3000, which was the example from the car. But it has to really be we're going to write them a check for $3,000. Not, oh, we'll give you a $3,000 credit, or it, it has to be, yeah, no, we're, we're going to wire you, it doesn't have wire trend, it doesn't have to be a physical check, but we've, we've got, it's got to be something that we really give back to you. Now, think about what this does, too, is it creates incentive not only for the purchase, but it also creates an incentive around their fully adopting the new thing. Right. And one of the things that I hear, especially from technology partners, is, well, we have a, a difficult time often understanding when they've crossed the line. Like, when, when, is, when is our stuff officially right. adopted, right? <laughs> well, this puts a line of demarcation and says, well, when they do, you're going to write them a check. So it significantly increases that incentive as well. Right, right. So they, they that, that whole two, <laughs> running two things at the same time forever... <laughs> Because there's mm -hmm. just for whatever reason the the comfort the training um, mm -hmm. might push people along and provides the the company information that's valuable to them too. Exactly. So you know, in in, in that case, <clears throat> it's a it's creating the the proverbial win win scenario for for both, right? And I think that's what's important. You know, and so I, I call that inner, that's an innovation around. It's really a pricing innovation. Right. right. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I've, I've talked talk a lot about value based pricing, which is clearly an innovation as well. But I mean, th th that th this innovation I'm talking about is irrespective of how you price things, right? right. From 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 that perspective. Um, but I think the you know another really neat one is is around innovation, innovating the the experience that that the customer has at least initially with with us um i was just out at the aicpa uh, engage conference yes, yes. in las vegas about four weeks five weeks ago now and you know i'm always amazed by the you know the aria hotel there if you go to the aria hotels website there's this beautiful picture of the lobby this old, big open space it's very lovely um but then my experience, you know, and there's usually like one person standing at the desk. My experience when I walk into the area is usually now a line that's, you know, <laughs> serpentining around most of this big wide open space. And it takes me and it took me an hour to check in. 
And what uh, the it, it, curiously the the Gaylord Hotel chain did this study a number of years ago. They said that the 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 number one predictor of whether or not a, a guest was was satisfied with a hotel stay was the their experience checking in. So if they had if they had a, if they had a a really good experience checking in, they were more apt to want to find other reasons that this was a good place to stay. You know, I think the ice sculpture is very lovely. The meals that they have, the bathrooms were excessively clean. You know, so it it, it really colors the rest of your experience with that. Whereas if people had a, a bad check-in experience, they're like, well, that ice sculpture is garbage. Look at it, it's melting all over the place. <laughs> and because what we, we it's, it's confirmation bias. What we're looking for is to just reinforce our original opinion of what happened. And we want we want to think of this as a nice place, as a nice hotel. Um, and curiously enough, the, I, I can I, I can recall my previous experience with the RA where we're, we're like this, you know, one hour check in experience. Well, this last time, uh, and I think this is a, a great innovation due to COVID in a way. I didn't interact with anybody. It, my room key came to my phone, right. and I showed up at the hotel and immediately went to the room. Right. Now, could you say that that's a technological innovation? Yes, but it's also innovating the customer experience as well, right? My experience was dramatically increased because of the, the of the of the way that they they handle that. Right, right. So that makes me think of um, when, when we're thinking of other customer experiences, especially um, things that happen online. <laughs> mm-hmm. That whole purchase process of um, did I have, was it easy? <laughs> is that my, is that mm-hmm. first impression going to change anything else that happens after that? I'm taking a class online. I, if it was hard to register, then I, I'm sure it's not gonna work. I'm sure this is going to happen. The speaker was not great. Um, it mm-hmm. yeah, confirms everything after that. So really picking apart what is that first step in the door yeah, and so so and and that's what I think that 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 folks need to to figure out is you know what what is their check-in experience and it, it quite literally can be a check-in experience. I mean, you 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 make a great point. There, there, this is one that goes back, oh gosh, probably a dozen years or so. But um, and and this look, I'll pin this on on the sages of the world and and our our for, first forays into what we, we used to call e-commerce, and I guess it still is to a certain extent, e-commerce solutions, where, where what we would do is we, would, we, we, had, we mimicked the process that, that happened in the, in the back office on the web. So you would surf into a particular place and they're like, okay, well, I want to take this class or I want to buy this product. didn't matter. Well, the first thing you got to do is you got to you know, fill out your customer information. So you need your name. We need your address. You need your social security number. We need your blood type. We need you know, all of this, this, this information. And what did all of us do when we, we had that experience? Well, for the most part, we were like click, close, like or back. And who's the next one up? Because we didn't like that experience of having to provide all of this information up front. And the reason, of course, was the back-end system at the time, well, in order to create an order, I first needed a customer record. So we got to create the customer record first, and we're just mimicking the process. Well, the one organization, there's a, actually, I can send you the the link to this if you want to provide it in in the show notes, that Fast Company, it's called the $300 million Continue Button that this online retailer increased sales by $300 million by replacing register now with continue because 
all of us, what we wanted was the experience of going in, seeing what they had to offer, clicking on something, maybe putting it in the shopping cart, and then afterward, we were more than happy to fill out our name and and, and address and phone number and, and all of that stuff because we felt we felt already committed to the fact that hey we were wanting this product right and again you know the the, the if the, the mr. Spocks of the world the logical people the, to them there's no difference to the engineers it's like well what's the difference it's it, we're getting the same information in the same amount of time there's no change from an efficiency standpoint but from an effectiveness standpoint, so it, make, it makes a huge, huge difference because the customer doesn't like to be in. It, it, we don't like to be in uh, um, put through the inquisition before we buy something. <laughs> right. So you've you've given us a pricing example, um, an experience example. Are there others that you have? Uh... Yeah, yeah. So and let's let's take one that that is is pretty profound and and, and I I think. Um, has great societal impacts. And this this is another one that was developed by that guy, uh, Rory Sutherland, that, that I mentioned. The, uh, <clears throat> again, the, I think this was the, 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 was it the National Health Service over there came to him and said, or came to Ogilvy actually, and said what right. we wanted to do is we, we wanted to do an ad campaign, public awareness on a very real problem, which is people are not finishing their entire course of antibiotics. Um, and I, th I believe over there, you, you don't have need a prescription for an antibiotic. You can walk into a pharmacy, and they will they will just they'll give you an antibiotic. Uh, it, 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 at certain level, you probably need a prescription for right. some of the higher right, end right. stuff, but like the, just a basic antibiotic, you 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 don't need a prescription for. So the, the people would walk in, but what what they would do is say that say that it was you know take take one pill a day for seven days. Well, what people have a tendency to do with this is they'll take you know one pill for three or four days. They feel better, and they're like, okay, well I'll save the other three. If I don't you know, right, you know if I don't right, recover right. from this, and that way I don't have to go back to the store to get this you know second second set of pres prescription all, all of this stuff, and I'll, I'll still have this now. In many cases, that actually still does work. So the, the person does feel better and they do, do fully recover. However, it creates a very real problem in that because it doesn't kill the bacteria off in the prescribed time, right. the bacteria that linger tend to be the stronger ones. And of course, we're seeing this with, the, with COVID and variations and all th this type of stuff that, that has emerged out of this as well. Um, and this, the same process happens with bacteria as well as 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 viruses, right? So the, whatever you tend to pass on in you know days five through seven happens to be a stronger strain of that bacteria because it survived the first right, initial right. course of the antibiotic. So then the per next person that gets it gets the stronger strain, and of course they if they do the same thing and take the it, it, passing on, creating stronger and stronger bacteria, requiring stronger and stronger antibiotics in order to deal with this problem. So it's a very real society, societal problem. So they wanted to do this ad campaign to bring public awareness to, to this. And he said, no, I don't think that that is going to be helpful. He says, here's what we'll do. Let's do this instead. Let's change the, 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 um, the, the usage, how the customer uses, and say this. We're going to put the pa in the package, we'll say, Take six white pills and then the one blue pill on the seventh day. And lo and behold, what happened is, is that it significantly increases 
the 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 people who finished the course of the antibiotic because they because we then chunked it down into a two-step process of take one pill a day for six days and then one on the seventh now that seventh one can be the either the same pill or it could even be a placebo right, right? it could right, be, right. be it, it, it doesn't even matter but at that point you finished the course of the antibiotic and what the now this it it wasn't it, it, it wasn't perfect people still did right. their their old old trick but it, even that significant reduction or or increase i'm sorry in them finishing the course of an antibiotic can have a, a very real effect on some of these the the these bacteria and stuff and I, you know i just think that's a wonderful example of so what can we do to innovate around the customer usage the way the customer and the, you know the example that i go to and i think this has stopped for the most part but if you know those of you listening to this podcast or are still doing this if you have you know your tax practices and you're still sending sending out the 70 page tax <laughs> planning guide to your customers i'm begging you to please stop doing that right now because um, I can remember getting it from my CPA at the time and thinking if I could fill this stupid thing out, I could do the dang return. <laughs> Put it in your Ziploc bag and be done, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it, it, so it's, a, it's, a, it's just a, and in fact, I'm, I'm less likely to fill out that type of form, right? I'm less likely to do that. Right. Um, it, now, maybe if you send me a one-page form that has four or five pieces, hey, we need these four or five things for basic planning, I'm more likely to right, do that. Right, right. Right? Um, but the 70-page guide is not going to be helpful for me, you know, so in is the that, interest of, quote, completeness. Right. Is that, um, to figure that out, do you, how do you do that? Do you trace that customer journey or just yeah. have conversations yeah, so you with get, them? conversations with the customer but 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 think it through but look here's the really interesting this process by the way i think i mentioned is called chunking okay. right it's 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 the artificial breakdown of what could be described in one step into more than one step and it it seems to work so and you know here it, it, i don't know do you delegate anything more do you have to delegate stuff occasionally inside your organization sometimes right? yeah Right, so th this could potentially work for you. So it, 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 again, it's it's not it's not um, what do they call it? A, it's not a Jedi mind trick, <laughs> and it doesn't happen all the all the time. But sometimes, if you give some somebody a two step process, do this then that, it's more likely that they do it than if you just give it to them in one step. And I found it to be helpful. Now, is it is it perfect? No, but my observation is is that it tends to increase the probability which is all i'm looking for right, right. that 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 the task will get completed and you know this this works then outside your organization too so if you if you if if you're delegating tasks not only internally but if you're asking a customer to do something can you make it this you know relatively short not the 70 page right. form but a real a short two step process for something and experiment with it to see if you if you find that there's more compliance with it right I love that. That's great. That that idea of the the, the six white pills and the the seventh blue. That that's I love it. That's brilliant. It, uh, it's yeah. incentivizing, right? <laughs> this artificial incentive to get to that blue pill. <laughs> in in a way, it's 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 also you know, what we've seen a lot of the gamification right. of stuff, right? Yep. Right. And 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 the 
the the the oh my gosh look i have an alert on my phone there's 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 somebody has has commented on my facebook post or my instagram or or whatever i need to go back get back and see you know if they've if somebody some something said something wrong on the internet i gotta correct it right right (laughs) i I was just talking with some folks in the office about um these these virtual races, <laughs> you know, everyone was uh, used to running uh, races and they no longer exist. So people are running these virtual races and paying a lot of money to <laughs> just <laughs> get this medal at the end and pretend that they've run across Europe. <laughs> um, so it, yeah. it's like an interesting innovation in the world of uh, <laughs> sports, yeah. I guess. I don't I don't even know what it yeah. is, but it's. <laughs> Well, they had they had they had to innovate around around these things, you know, and and uh, you know, uh, there's there's lots of examples of this too, and how uh, it's it's just ch- you know ch- changed even entire businesses. Uh, you know, here's another good example that we're all familiar with, but but Apple when it came out with the iPod, they they priced the original iPod at two and a half times the price of the nearest competitive device. Which I think was this thing called the the, the Sound Blaster jukebox. So you know, it was an MP3 player, right. uh, and but and they're like, well, well that, this is crazy. Like, what? How? What, you you can't price something at two and a half times the nearest competitor. Oh, and by the way, it came out in, in October of 2001, 20 years ago, right after 9/11. Right, right, right. Crazy. So. But but why was it successful? Well, because Apple innovated not around the technology of the player it was cool it, they did innovate around that not, not only that did they innovate there but they also innovated around the delivery mechanism of the songs because i don't know if you recall but back in 2001 the model was if i heard a song on the radio that i really liked i would find out what band did it and i would have to go to the store and buy the cd of that band that had the one song i wanted and as it turned out 12 other crappy right, songs right. on it that i didn't like at all <laughs> <laughs> so I spent twenty dollars on on the the, the CD um, for the one song, and then we had this other thing competing thing called Napster. I don't know if you remember oh, the yeah. original Napster, right, right. which was you know the unlimited music for free, and it was, <laughs> and but the problem was the the recording industry saw the fact that there were millions of people that wanted billions of their product. Right. They they saw that as a crime wave and. Right. literally would prosecute 17-year-olds who had right. a server in their grandmother's basement. That really happened. That's an actual case. Well, we've you've got millions of people who want millions of your product and that, that seem to be going unfulfilled. You don't have a crime wave. You've got a business model right. problem. And Apple solved the business model problem, which was, how about I just sell you the one song you want for a dollar? And we were all like, well, that makes total sense. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to do that. Sure. And I don't even have to go to the store? Yeah, absolutely. Let me buy the one song for a buck. So that's why the iPod was successful, not necessarily because of the technology, which was cool in and of itself, but it was also because they innovated around the business model of being willing to sell the one song for a dollar. Right. I don't know if you remember the Kasingle. Oh sure, <laughs> I, I spent my day, my younger days, working in uh, record stores, and the, the Kasingle always cracked me up because I think it was four ninety nine for one song, and <laughs> you had to carry around this plastic <laughs> silliness, stupid cassette tapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I really think that wild. was the uh, 
you know, talking about that, that whole business model of the music industry, it's like they, they had little glimmers of what they were trying to do and it just had trying to be to totally do. blown up before it could um, get anywhere. Yeah, no, the execution was was definitely um, lacking, shall we say? Yeah. Um, but if I could, I want to I want to just talk about maybe take this down a little bit because these are these are examples of bringing stuff together. But I think I think there's something that's even more simple that organizations can do because it, it, it doesn't have to to be um, even much more than this, and that is to 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 innovate around your the language that we use and. So let me give you an example, and this is like a very real one for for you. And this yeah. might be something that that uh, the your state society can take advantage of. Do you guys offer training? Do you have the word training on your website at all? We say learning, <laughs> which is good. That's right. better. Or learning is better. Or education. Right, right, right. Because just from a marketing standpoint, what can you charge more for? You know, training, learning, or education. Right. right. Absolutely. Training would and, be the lowest, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, and even if you know, at Sage, we we tr I've tried to get people to, to refer to it not as product training, but product education. What what as a human being, what would you rather? You know, we have potty training, like we have horse training, dog training. You know, horses, dogs, p toddlers are trained. Adult human beings, we want to be educated. And, and I think I think that makes that makes a profound difference for us. Um, you know, one, one that that I, that's near and dear to my heart because I do do a lot of stuff on pricing is is using the word price rather than bill or fee or cost. I mean, nobody likes. I don't like fees. Do you like a fee, right. Maureen? No. I don't like a fee. Sounds punitive, right? <laughs> Any fee. I don't want to pay a fee. It, it, I, you know, and, and so so just refer to it as your price. This is our price. It's much more neutral word it's a it, 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 it and i think it, it connotes a, a little bit higher value too um but it, you know and you and and you might have picked up on this but i and even with audiences that are primarily professionals i will insist on using the term customer instead of client now i get a lot of pushback on that and i i, I think that there there, there are there are def valid defensible positions on the side of why we should continue to call them clients but one of the reasons why i suggest the change is just because i want to break the mindset of what the old nature of the relationship was which was very much this once a year break fist fix in fact that, that that that's where the term client comes from it's 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 based on a latin word clientele that comes from the same latin root as the words incline decline and recline so it's got that angle to it so incline decline right. recline right. all have that angle it, and so the the client meant originally meant one who leans and they, it was a word used to describe the, the, the people who were served by the lawyers in ancient Rome. Now, lawyers in ancient Rome didn't have, they didn't get paid. It was, it was a, if, if you were accused of a crime or were brought before a court, you were an appointed a lawyer. And, and lawyers, that by, by definition, they had, they had to, to, to represent whoever it was, right? Uh, and um, by the way, this is the tie-in to the Bible is, is uh, uh, Jesus did not get a lawyer, but Paul, I don't know if you're aware, did because he was a Roman citizen. So he gets a Roman, because you're a Roman citizen, you get to be defended by a lawyer. 
Anyway, the, but the, they were one who, so, the, you know, these are people who were one who leans. They maybe had too much at the Bacchus Festival and <laughs> spent too much time, you know, and then did something stupid. And they had to be fixed. They had to be, they had to be stood up. They had to, literally had to right. be stood back up because they were leaners. And I think that that persists to this day in a little bit in the use of the word client. Like we, social workers, for example, have right. clients. So that, and that's probably the the most pure um, Romanesque right, sense of right. the word, right? They, they, they've, they've got to be corrected and fixed in some way. Whereas customer is Anglo-Saxon in origin. It means one whose custom it is. It's their custom to come into the store when they were visiting from the country into, into town. So their, it was their custom. And, and I think that's what we're looking for from a relationship with our, our, our professionals now is more increased interaction, right. better relationship, not once a year we send you the tax planning guide or once a year we, we you know, take your receipts and fix them. But what is more ongoing? We want it to be your custom to engage with us. Right. Well, it reminds me of what you mentioned earlier with what is the, the internal um, procedure versus that external. Mm -hmm. So internally, we have these words, we have these um, processes, but it might not always translate into that yeah. That other side. Yeah. Sta staff. Staff. I hate it. Staff sounds like the infectious, you know, yeah. staff. And, <laughs> you know, at, at Sage, we use, and I really like this term, um, colleagues. Right. We're all colleagues. Right. So I, and, and I really, I really appreciate that. It was actually brought, brought in by a, a former CEO who's actually no longer with Sage, right. but it was, that was his word that he insisted on when he came in to everybody needed to refer to one another as colleagues. He much preferred that term. Right. Right. Um, well, Ed, you kind of stuck. Yeah. You've given us a lot to think about. Are, are there any last parting examples that you, you, you want to make sure you get in or? Um, I, no, I, I don't want to want to 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 gild the lily, but I, but I think but 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 let's just just say that I think that that one of the best things that you can begin to do to begin this cycle of innovation in your organization is to innovate around the language that you use right. internally, right? Right, and, and and that doesn't there's no cost involved in this, right? right? There there can be I've I've seen firms you know five dollar penalty if you use the old term or something that goes into a. a the square in, jar. A, yeah, square square <laughs> jar for 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 getting pizza at the end of a month or something. But um, but but I but I think it's important to to begin to think of what are the what are these terms that we can begin to innovate around that just make us change our mindset about the way that we behave. Um, th there's a, a a great quote about this guy, a guy by the name of uh, Werner Earhart who uh, is the founder of Est. I don't know if you remember the Est seminar trainings. This is from the 70s. If you're a, a fan of the the the, the TV show The Americans. Uh, one of the guys in one of the characters in in this goes goes to Est Earhart okay. seminar training. It was called EST, and Werner Earhart is a very real real person. I, one of the reasons why he's my he hero, by the way, is he actually won a tax case against the IRS. <laughs> so, so we we hold him up in in very high esteem. Anyway, he he said this. He said if uh, he says all change is linguistic. All change is ling linguistic. If we want to change the, 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 anything inside the way that we do, we need to change the language that we're using. Right. And I think it's very, very true. Right. That's, that's words matter, right? <laughs> yep. In the very yep. simplest, Absolutely correct. very simplest way. So Ed, um, I think last time we chatted, didn't, weren't you saying you're a baseball fan? I am huge yeah. baseball yeah, fan. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, wrapping up the season. <laughs> 
we are wrapping up the season of of course my my team is the Mets and I in fact I have a, a chat group on Facebook that some of my college friends who are also Mets fans we we pronounced them dead yesterday <laughs> at, so, <laughs> September 9th at 9:47 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time uh, for the season unfortunately but yes I do love baseball my son's a huge baseball player so I I, I do it's a it's it's a hobby and a passion all right anything special coming up this fall for you fall ball anything else <laughs> fall ball yes so we got definitely they got got some fall ball start in fact there's a meet, meeting last night um we we you know there's only two months in 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 uh, texas where you really can't play baseball and that's july and august i'm actually kidding <laughs> we, we we sadly do play in july and august but um uh, the in really it's really December January are the only times that there's not something going on so we we go through uh, middle of, middle of November here in right. Texas yeah awesome all right well Ed thank you so much you're a, you're a great supporter of the society you're always welcome back so I appreciate um, all the time you've given us today so take care. Well, that's great. I, you know, maybe I'll be a you know five time guest one day, and I'll get like the you know the, the green the green jacket or something. There you, you know, go. The... Yeah, I'll I'll work on that. <laughs> okay, good. All right, take care. <laughs> 